0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is October 18th, 2020. Welcome back to another episode of Bomba Breakdown. Um, and the Twins, it's been a couple of weeks since we got knocked out of the playoffs. Still kind of an open wound. It still just sucks to see the Astros were in it for, for a while. You know, they beat the A's and we could have been the ones beating the A's. They almost beat the Rays. We could have been the ones beating the Rays. Um. But man, still sucks. But yeah, how you feeling, Malcolm? Yeah,
1: I mean, um, it still hurts. We should. It's frustrating that we got knocked out early, that we just didn't hit. It was a rough year, but you know, we'll be back next year. it will be better than ever. In the meantime, we're gonna do some Twins awards today. We've got our Twins MVP, Twins Rookie of the Year, Twins
0: uh, Cy Young Award, and then Twins Reliever of the Year yeah um for sure uh if it's okay I'll start I'll go um I'll go MVP and we're gonna do top three for MVP for all of these um, categories so for MVP my number one is gonna be Nelson Cruz uh the Dh um, in his I mean this guy doesn't age he it, it's so fun to watch in um, his age 40 season he hit 303. 16 home top, which was top 10. Um, he had a 169 OPS plus of the Twins leading. He led the Twins in most offensive categories. Uh, he slowed down at the end a little bit, but man, did he have another monster season. He had a 992 OPS, one of the best of his career. Um, he got a 1.6 war in 60 games. Like This guy was insane for the Twins, um, no doubt about it. Um, and then the next guy I'm gonna I'm gonna call uh, call out here is um, Kent Maeda. The Twins were looking for a uh, a number one starter, a, a Cy Young caliber guy, and we didn't get that, you know. And so everybody's super disappointed. But Kent Maeda, we picked him up, and he was fine. And then he he comes up this year, and man, did he have a good year! Six and one, two seven zero oh, ERA, eleven games. Um, 66 innings, 80 strikeouts, 66 and two thirds innings. I'm sorry, 80 strikeouts, a 0. .75 whip. That I think that might have been an American League leading. Yeah, that was that was American League. Or that was a Yep. Uh, .75 uh, whip. Uh, he had a 1.6 WAR compared to his seven career WAR, and this is 60 games. Like, what a season for him! Oh man, the Twins. This this is unless we get another pitcher, which we'll talk about later. Um, he will be our number one next year um so fun so fun to watch um then number three now this one was really hard for me to for me to choose from because there were so many other guys but I'm gonna go with Byron Buxton um Buxton everybody thought he was going to be perfectly healthy at the for the year and then of course like Byron Buxton does he got injured he ended the the season really well he only played in how many games did he play in um 39. I'm actually, I'm not sure. Anyway, 39 games. That's right. Okay. So he played in 39 games. He's still at 13 homers, which was just outside of the top 10, uh, 124 OPS plus, And he was really starting to heat up. He had like eight homers in 12 games or something crazy like that. Um, but yeah, he, he, I think something that he needs to utilize more is his speed. I know he had that like one walk off and he stole a couple bases, but he really like if he's one of the fastest guys in the league, steal as many bases as possible and but again he had like an above average year for what he's been doing for a guy who hit um I think 39 games if you had that up it's like I forgot how many total that would be for a 162 game season that was like 50 or 60 was something crazy for a guy who's hit at the most 16 home runs in a year so just a really nice year for Byron Bucks and I'm so excited for next year because he's really been getting a lot better these past few years if he can just stay healthy we always say if he can just stay healthy this next year and he never does so um we i just really hope this is the year cuz he needs to get it figured out. He'll be 27 by the time the year starts next next season, which is still a really good age for a prime and he can have a monster year next year, when MVP.
1: Yeah, um so my top three are actually be the same as your top 3 that's what I had to um but I'll talk a little bit more about each of them. Cruz just all year was he slumped a little bit down the stretch, but other guys were getting going at that point but through times when no one else on the team was hitting he was the only one hitting and we were winning games 2-0, 3-1 where Nelson Cruz had all the RBIs. He hit 16 home runs um which led the team. He had a 3.03 batting average which um led all players who played at least who had at least 150 at bats. So like just the star of the team carried the offense. There's no real question about number one there. Number two, it's Kent Maeda. There's an argument to be made that Maeda is more valuable to Twins than Cruz just because he – I mean, he was put up numbers for pitcher that are as good as Cruz numbers for hitter. But I just feel like the team had more pitching than hitting, so being a good hitter on a bad hitting team is more – on a team that's struggling with their hitting is more valuable than being a good pitcher on a team that's having a good pitching year and with the depth of the bullpen. But – Miyata was also still incredibly valuable. Exactly the ace we wanted to get last off season. line lineup having a really good year with the Dodgers, but it's the trade was worth it, and I would do it a hundred times over. Take that trade in a heartbeat. And then third is also going to be Byron Buxton. Just his ability to change games. That walk off was so exciting. It just one swing of the bat, one run in the outfield to catch a ball. He just the game. Slows down for Buxton, it seems like. And when he's healthy, he's one of the more dominant players in the game. Given a full season, he would have been probably the MVP conversation for the league. And it's just too bad we can't get that. And I'm hoping we can get that at some point in the future. Buxton's one thing he could really use to work on. It's just his um, eye at the plate. This year he had two total walks. Um, so he batted two fifty four batting average, which isn't great. But when you hit with the kind of power he gets for, it's going to be good enough except that he only walked two times. So On-base there's a measly 267, which is pitiful. That's among the worst in all of baseball. Below 300 is barely playable. And it's crazy he got by yeah. on 267. And when you have his kind of speed and your ability to change the game on the base paths, you got to get on base more. And that's something i look to see out of better in full season. Hopefully getting a full ramp up to the season with spring training will allow him to see more pitches and have a better eye next season.
0: Exactly. And Buxton's always been a, a, like an aggressive hitter. You know, he's, he's always swung a lot. His stri- his strikeouts cut down this year. I've, I was really happy to see that, but the walks were just not there. He's never been, he's never even, he's never been like a 300 on base guy, which is so not good for a guy with bucks and speed. Um, but yeah, I think it's something that he's going to work on over the off season and hopefully get better with. Um, Now, Malcolm, I'll let you start out with um, Cy Young. Okay, so the Cy
1: Young Award, the guy who mentioned second in the MVP ballot, he's clearly the number one for Cy Young. Kent Maeda was the Twins' best pitcher all year, one of the best pitchers in the American League. Um, he ended up having just numbers all over, all across the board that were – if they, if it wasn't for Shane Bieber, he'd be arguably the MVP. He'll, there's a good chance he would have gained second in the American League MVP votes as a whole, so – or not MVP, Cy Young, sorry in the American League Cy Young, vote, he just had a near-no hitter. There's not much more we can say that we haven't already said, but led the team in innings pitched and led all starters in ERA. Just an incredible year. Uh, Number two for me is going to be probably Michael Pineda. He didn't pitch much. He only started five games, but they were a good five games on the stretch when we needed him. And, yeah, he pitched really well. He was tied for second among pitchers in war, despite only making five starts. He His last couple weren't as good as his first few, but still exactly when we needed a little bit of a boost. With Dobnak struggling and more injury problems, he was a great guy to call up. And then third for me is going to be Tyler Duffy, our best reliever. Uh, Taylor Rogers really struggled as our closer, but Duffy – Coming in behind him or coming as the second guy in the pen was huge for us. Came in big situations, got big outs. um, Led the bullpen or tied for the bullpen lead in innings pitched and had a 1.88 ERA. So that's my three for the Cy Young.
0: Yeah, definitely agree with that one, Malcolm. Um, uh, And now I'm going to go for mine. Obviously, number one is Kenta Maeda. Just an amazing season. An amazing season. Uh, like you said, take away Shane Bieber season. In my opinion, he's the Cy Young. He's getting Cy Young. He's already in the Cy Young conversation. You might get some votes there, but um, I think it's still got to be Bieber. Um, so for my second, it was so tough because I've always been a guy who's like, if he gives you innings, he's worth it, you know? And I, that's why I'm going to go with Jose Brios for a second. He had definitely not a, the greatest year, a, a little bit of an off year, but he ended with a 4.0 a 4. ERA, uh, 1.317 whip, which isn't terrible. Uh, 0.7 war, um, 68 strikeouts in 63 innings in tw- over 12 games. Um, he really started off pretty bad, but towards the end of the season, man, did he get hot. And he was just one of our best pitchers at the towards the end of the season. Um, then for my third, um, for my third pitcher, uh for Cy Young it's gonna be Rich Hill uh him and Michael Pineda were close but I I've got to go with Rich Hill Rich Hill like with that game against the Cubs went seven innings one hit or sorry one run um he ended the season with a 303 RA this is a guy who's 40 years old now this was his 40 year old season this is like Nelson Cruz oh, this is the Nelson Cruz of pitching for the Twins um he's a guy he uh, he's been on so many different like He's played so played so much, but mainly in the um, uh, the National League. Uh, but yeah, he had a one point one six four ERA, which is very good. Thirty one strikeouts in thirty eight point two innings, eight games, um, and yeah, he had a, a better than he had a career year kind of kind of deal. You know, like it was a above average year for him, um, which was really good to see from a guy who we didn't expect much out of. I'm not. I don't think we'll see him next year on the team. it was really good to get that one year out of him and so that's why I really liked Rich Hill
1: yeah I'll talk a little bit about each of these guys you had um with Brios, it was really frustrating early on because Brios has always been a guy that has had a good first two months and then struggled from there out and we were hoping in a two-month season he could actually be a Cy Young candidate because every year Brios seems to be a dark horse Cy Young candidate for some expert someone saying he's going to be next great thing and Twins fans have been saying for a long time, he's been the next great thing. He hasn't been able to have that truly great season. And this year couldn't be it either, but he showed flashes that near the end. And we're, I'm just hoping to see more of a full year out of him next year. He's had times we started high. He's had times we finished top. But he hasn't been able to have that period in between where he's able to stay consistent through 162 games or just however many games season is. But, yeah, he pitched well, especially on the stretch. He has filthy stuff. He had trouble with command at times this year, but worked it out. And then on Rich Hill, I personally never felt comfortable with Rich Hill on the mound. He scares me every time he goes out there because those curveballs are coming at like 60 miles an hour, and I wonder how major how league baseball players don't just jack them, even if they got movement on them. But he was effective in not the same way as he has been before. In the past, he put up big strikeout numbers. He was one of the Twins' lower strikeout pitchers this year. But he got the job done when we need him to, and that was a Big ad for pretty cheap. Throughout his career, though, he's been effective putting up low ERAs. He's just never been able to get the high innings total. But, yeah, those are there's a lot of great picks between Sion this year. We had some good pitching in uns- unsuspected places. Uh, another guy I want to talk about, just Randy Dobnak. Didn't end up finishing with the cleanest numbers, but a 4.05 ERA on the year. It was similar to Brios and a few less innings pitched, but early on, his first half, he was also in this conversation with Maeda. He is dominant. A couple of rough outings really brought that ERA up, but he was fourth among Twins pitchers in war, so he had a huge year. And another guy is Tyler Clippard, who actually led the Twins relievers in war, just ahead of Tyler Duffy. We used him whenever in the games. He pitched in all nine innings for us throughout the year and
0: was really Mm -hmm. effective in all of them. For sure. Um, so now I think we're going to go on to Rookie of the Year. Um, so for my number one, it's got to be the the new catcher Ryan Jeffers. Uh, Jeffers didn't play a game above Double A coming into the majors, and he played some some in the major leagues. And he just he played really well. In fifty five at bats, he had three homers, fifteen hits, a batted a, a very respectable for a rookie, especially two seventy three. OPS plus of 118 and an OPS of 791. If you're an above average hitter for a team and this is your first like 20, 25 games, that's really good to see, uh, especially, like out of Ryan, especially out of a guy like him. He's a he's a big guy, 6'4", 235, um, but he's 23. So he's going to be 23 even going into this next season. I'm so excited for what his future holds. He's such a good hitter. He's a power guy. He could be like a more consistent Mitch Garber. Um, and then Jorge Alcala um, is going to be my number two. Alcala, we saw glimpses of him in 2019 and he was okay. You know, it wasn't bad. He's a flame uh, throwing right hander, but uh, 25 years of age, still got such a bright future ahead of him. Um, and he had a good year, you know? Um, he was one of our more reliable relievers. He had, uh, in 16 games, two and one with the 2.63 ERA. 24 innings, 27 strikeouts, a whip at 1.208. That's respectable for a pitcher, let alone a rookie. Um, that like that, that's those are some really good numbers from um, from this kid. And I was super happy to see that. I, you know, you always love to see a guy um, who does well like this. Um, then for my third, it was so hard to choose. Um, uh because you know there's so many there, there's some other guys that we had in there that we threw in but um i've got to go with alex Kirilov. now this is gonna seem like what are you talking about max he played one game he played he made his debut in the postseason Played one game but that's the thing if you make your debut in the post i'm not i know it wasn't enough of a sample size for him to actually this isn't like i'm actually saying he performed overall the best out of any other rookie this is just me saying it was so fun to see him get his first hit in the big leagues um in the playoffs you know the first guy to do it uh that was so awesome you know he's already got a 250 batting average in in the playoffs like it was so fun to see him and he had that really nice catch and i just like um I again I know it doesn't mean anything. Don't 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 get on me for that. He's 22 just about to be 23. But it was just so fun to see out of him and I, he's got such a good like future out of him if we just could have played him this season. I he probably would have been like an actual more serious candidate in my opinion. You know, this isn't a guy who I'm saying again performed third best out of any Twins rookie, but it was just so fun to see out of him.
1: Yeah. Um my ballot is going to be very different from yours. In fact, my first pick, I'm already. I'm going to have someone you didn't even list, and that's Randy Dobnak. People forget he's a rookie because he appeared last season. We he still has his rookie eligibility because he hadn't played enough games. And oh, true, true. like I said in the mention, was an honorable mention for the Cy Young. He just, um at the start of the season, was an elite pitcher. He keeps the ball on the ground, and he had some tough luck in those last few outings. He had gotten some good luck earlier in the year, but I think on balance, going into the future, he's – a three and a half, four ERA pitcher with a really good sinker, keep the ball low. He's not going to get high strikeouts, but he's going to limit quality of contact and just get get you five good innings, and I see him as a valuable piece of rotation next year. Um, Number two is going to be Jeffers, who you had. It was an argument for either one to be number one. I just went with Dobnak because I feel like I just love Randy Dobnak personally. But Ryan Jeffers is a great defensive catcher, among the best in the game this year, as well as being – a really good hitter stings the ball, just hits it really hard. His first two game or his first game, he had two balls so over hundred miles an hour. Both were out, but he could just tell he was majorly ready right away, looked locked in. He hit all year when Mitch Garver, who had had one of the best season seasons for a catcher ever last year, struggled, he was there to fill in. And um, yeah, when Alex Avila wasn't ready to be the full-time catcher when he signed to be a backup. We pulled up Ryan Jeffers, and he filled in. Williams at Cedillo, had COVID, wasn't ready to go. Ryan Jeffers filled in. It was just he was, came up huge for us when we really needed a bat. We needed a catcher, and that was big. Uh, number three for me is going to be um. – I'm going to go with Brent Rooker. I really like Jorge Alcala. I probably could have gone with him. But just to be a little different, get another name out there, I'm going to go with Brent Rooker. He only played in seven games where he was getting hit by a pitch and having a season end. But in those seven games, we had 316, 579. That's an incredible line. If you can keep that with any more consistency. He looked, just, he looked like he knew what he was doing at the major league level to play. Hit a home run. Took good at-bats. Just seemed to – looked comfortable out there he made a good play in right field he's not a great fielder but as a righty when our main corner outfielders are both lefties he's going to be a valuable piece next year too
0: for sure um so now uh yeah and I I don't disagree with your picks at all um I think there were a lot of guys who could be up there um and then uh now lastly we're going to go reliever of the year for the twins and Malcolm you want to start off here um. Yeah. So
1: reliever of the year. We've already touched on a few guys, and my number one's gonna be a guy I had on my Cy Young ballot, Tyler Duffy. He, he, um, according to the second most valuable Twins pitcher, but just in big scenarios, came in all year. Like I said, tied for the most things pitched of any, uh, Twins reliever, and just, yeah, guys didn't get many hits off him, and he didn't walk that many guys, and that's a good way to be successful. Got some strikeouts. Really good year from him. Uh, number two, I'm going to go Tyler Clippard. I was talking about him before. He's great. He's great against both sides, righties or lefties. One funny thing about Clippers when he comes in, lots of guys will pinch it. Lots of teams will pinch it a lefty against him because he's a righty. But Clippard, in fact, over his career has been more effective against lefties and righties because changeups are generally pitched to work well against batters of so the opposite handedness. Um, and yeah, a great veteran addition. We got him for cheap. He's someone I would love to see us bring back next year, though we have plenty of bullpen depth. It wouldn't be the end of the world if he didn't. And then number three for me is Matt Whistler. Just great sliders. All he throws are sliders. Had the highest breaking ball rate of any pitcher in baseball. And he didn't throw a ton of innings, but had a 1.53 ERA among the lowest of all the relievers in baseball. And, yeah, super effective. Love to watch him pitch. It's just fun. I don't completely trust him, just throws those eighty mile an hour sliders over there, but it works. He said before that he doesn't aim for part of the strike zone, he just throws it hard and hopes it does the movement and places itself and it seemed to work for him this year and I hope it does
0: continue to do that. Yeah, definitely. That's a definitely a respectable list. Um and I'm gonna I'm gonna pretty much agree. I think it's I think the the top three are um there's a couple guys who are up for, up for, it's kind of up for interpret or interpretation, but you know, it's kind of like Tyler Duffy is again, going to be my number one. Cause how can he not Tyler Duffy had a monster year again? He's been so good the past couple of years. His career ERA is four, seven, six. But if you look at like last year, <laughs> last year was a two, five, Oh, ERA. Um, people are like, Oh, how can you get like better than like a 1.006 whip? And then he comes back with this year. One and one with a one eight eight ERA in twenty two games. Might I add a .792 WHIP. This is this guy doesn't throw very hard or anything. He's just got such a good. He's got a really good curveball. He's got such good stuff. I love Tyler Duffy. He's insane. Um, and he's twenty nine. He's not that young. Like he's got he's got a lot of time to go. Um, my number two is going to be Matt Whistler. Matt Whistler had an insane season as well. And Malcolm, well, he might scare you with his 80-mile-per-hour slider, he's never scared me for some reason. Like, again, it's, again, this is all up for interpretation. This is a judgment call. I just, whenever he comes in, I'm like, oh, nice. We got a lockdown guy coming in. It's a 1.070. ERA right, that can't go undetected. 1.145 whip, 25 innings, 35 strikeouts. One, He had a 1.0 war, and in, in his career before that, he had a 0. 0.8 war. Or wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. That's yeah. Just and the fact that he like has this monster and he's so he's 28. He just turned 28. It's just such a good year from him. It was so awesome to see. Um, then my third guy. This is this is kind of a surprise for a lot of people, but it's gonna be Trevor May. Trevor May ended the season with a 8 6 ERA. Not very good. I'm I'm gonna admit that. That's cool. But 24 games. In 23.1 innings, he had an astonishing 38 strikeouts. He he topped his fastball at around 100 miles per hour. He had a 1.157 whip. His war was 0.1, but that happens when you let up, like, that many runs. He let up for a lot of runs. I get it. But this is a guy, he's 31. He's got some time left in this. He's got some time left. Um and he's going to be a free agent. I think we should re-sign him. He had an amazing second half of the year. Um, probably the most dominant second half of the season from any Twins reliever, if I were to – like, if that's just me. I He just had such a good second half. I don't know. I, I, I'm just so high on Trevor Mann, and he's got the best stuff in the bullpen. In my Again, this is my opinion. It was just so – it was just still a good thing to see out of Trevor Mann from this year.
1: Yeah. May had the highest strikeout rate of any Twins reliever. Uh, fairly low walk rate, and but just got bit by the home run ball. He had the highest home runs per nine of any Twins reliever, and that's just what hurt him. Uh, a couple other guys I want to shout out. Caleb Dielbar was someone no one saw being a member of the Twins this season. What a story. We'd signed him. He had retired from baseball before the year, and the Twins convinced him to come back, play minor league baseball for another year. There was no minor league baseball, but he went to the alternate site, pitched well, and they called him up. He had last pitched in the major leagues in 2015 for the Twins, got back on the mound. And we were like, oh, this is a cool story. And then you look back now, he threw 20 innings and had 2.25 ERA and was just really effective and throwing big curveballs. He looks – he's a similar pitcher to Rich Hill, really, just throwing slow curveballs. can run a fastball in at like 91, 92 max, but just locates low in the zone and has a nasty curveball and was really effective for us. And then Jorge Alcala, who we talked about earlier, was a long relief guy he throughout the year got higher and higher leverage scenar- circum scenarios to come in and pitch. He ju- he started just coming in when we were down six runs or up six runs. And he, by the end of the year, he was pitching in big games and big moments. And he ended up getting left off the wild card roster. You got to assume there's some injury there because otherwise I, it's completely inexplicable with him being one of our better relievers. I, uh, I can't wait to see what he does in the future with a hundred mile an hour fastball and a good slider. He's, Really fun pitcher to watch, and I trust
0: him big time, for sure. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that, Malcolm. That's Twins had a really good pitching staff this past year. Um, wish I could say the same about their offense. Uh, Before we go on to a small last segment, um, I just want to touch up. uh, I think we, if you guys are following our Instagram, um, at of course, Bomber Breakdown um we're gonna be trying to post a little bit more we've had some polls on there and it's kind of interesting um and this will kind of actually be a segue into our next section with the twins off season. we had a poll and it was saying who would you guys want to see i've like we brought up some names that we're kind of thinking about you know i was just i just threw out some names tommy listella or george springer you know um saw a lot of saw a lot saw a lot of stuff there and then um you know, you know, we had a lot of other guys, uh, Trevor Bauer. I said Trevor Bauer and Nelson Cruz. And most people said Trevor Bauer. It was kind of interesting because um, Nelson Cruz is a guy we want back, but I think, and I think we'll get him back, but I think a guy like Trevor Bauer would be super, super big. Um, but again, um, this again, brings us into who we think the Twins should get this off season. Then we had a poll and I said, who else do you think we should pick up? And I heard, um Rosenthal and who was the other guy that we heard a lot of uh Hendricks Liam Hendricks and Ken uh and uh, Ken Rosenthal um Trevor Rosenthal um of the Padres and I think those would both be really solid options uh Rosenthal are flame throwing uh closer out of the bullpen um he's been really good for the Royals and then the Padres for the end of the year um and then Liam Hendricks who was originally a twin now with the A's has had a few monster seasons in a row and so, yeah, Malcolm, who of those two and also anybody else do you think we, the Twins could pick up on?
1: I think there's lots of options to go with this offseason. In my opinion, the priority for the Twins should be getting bench bats, especially someone who can play up the middle with Polanco and Arise showing with injuries this year and just lots of guys being hurt. We need to fix our bench. We're losing both A. Ray Adrianza and Marlon Gonzalez, our two primary bench guys in the infield. So that, I think, should be our first priority, get someone good to fill in there because had perpetually had injuries, Arise has played two years, but he's been hurt for about half of his career so far. Polanco's played through injuries the past two years. Actually, an update on Polanco, he had surgery a few days ago on his ankle. Um, they said it was clean. He should be ready to go for spring training next year. But twice now, he's had surgery on his ankle after the season ended, and so giving him a few more days off during the year doesn't seem like it would hurt. So I think that's our main priority getting someone to fill in the infield. One name um, I feel like we should, could talk about, there's been lots of talk about Tommy Lestella, who's a utility infielder, good hitter, good on base guy. Um, I would totally be on getting Tommy Lestella to fill in. He can fill in second base, third base, shortstop, really wherever we need him. Another name we could talk about is Angelton Simmons. He's really a glove first shortstop but someone who can fill in at shortstop or second base or third base, really, for that matter. One of the best defensive infielders of the generation. Someone who – the Twins – assuming some guys start hitting again like they did in 2019, the offense shouldn't be too much of a struggle as long as guys are healthy. Hopefully, I'm more worried about our defense and having enough guys fill all the positions.
0: And He's someone I think could look into
1: or talk sure. about a little
0: bit more. Um, Yeah. I think again there are a lot of there are a lot of guys that the Twins could get. Um and really quick, I don't mean to interrupt what we've been talking about, but the Atlanta Braves jump early on Dustin May for so far a run um on the uh Dodgers and it was so May walks Acuña on four pitches, then Freeman on four pitches in a row. Um so that's four that's just that's so not good to see for um Dustin May and then um Ozuna single hits an RBI single and now um Travis Tano is up with no outs runners on first and second that's really bad for Dustin May really good for the Braves and everybody thought the Braves would just sweep through the playoffs and just win the World Series easily but they've faced some competition here with the um with the Atlanta Braves but yeah so let's go back to what we were saying um, earlier i think anderson simmons would be a really interesting guy to get um he's a really amazing on defense if polanco ever needs time off um anderson simmons is an amazing obviously defensive aspect and his offense can be there at times so i think he'd be a definitely a guy to get another guy um talked about him a little bit but um tommy Stella. he's had some good years with the angels and then he i think he's he went with the a's for a little bit last season um, so I think he'd be another to get, um, and we've heard some, like, George Springer, if we trade away Eddie Rosario, but I'm not really sure what's going to go on with our outfield, and I think that's definitely something that needs to be mentioned, you know?
1: I'm very out on George Springer. There's been lots of people who are really hyped about the Twins potentially getting George Springer. I think he'd be a big op- a big ad for us. I'm not. I do not want to get George Springer. It's not just because of cheating and because I don't like him, um, he does have playoff experience, has been clutch in the playoffs before, which is something the Twins can use after not hitting in the playoffs this year. But I do not like George Springer. Um, just the way he fits in with the Twins, we've got lots of good young outfielders who I want to see hit. Alex Kieloff and Brent Rooker both showed this year in small-sable size that they can hit at the major league level. They're major league ready. So I don't want to see us invest a bunch of money in George Springer and block those guys. A lot of our top prospects are corner outfielders. We've got Byron Buxton in center, Max Kepler right? Those guys are staying where they are. I just don't like George Springer deal because we have plenty of options to fill the spots
0: he would play. It does not seem like it would be worth the amount of money he'd demand. Yeah. And, and I think that's definitely something interesting. Um, I've heard Houston wants to re-sign him. And I think, I think I'm cool if I'm re-signing him, you know, um, he's, he's a guy who we could get, but I I've never been a guy who, who's big on George Springer, especially with Alex Kirilov again, coming, um, coming into the majors soon. Um, And I think that also, like, there's so many different points I need to bring up. Um, It's when do you think Alex Kirloff will be brought up? Because if he's, like, major league ready, we could have a guy like Rosario or another left fielder on the bench. And at shortstop, I don't think Lewis is ready this year. Um, But if he is, Polanco could start on the bench. You know, what do you think? What do you, not just what do you predict, but what do you hope to see out of Lewis and Kirloff?
1: I don't think Kirillov will be on the major league squad to start the year, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that he, last time we saw him against against real competition, he did not have a great year in double-A. So I just feel like getting him some more minor league time would be good. I still think Polanco's a good player. He didn't have the power this year, but we know he, now he's dealing with an injury. If he's healthy, doesn't guarantee he comes back better, but I think we give him a chance because – he we do have him signed for a few more for like three or four more years now, and we've got him signed to be our shortstop, and I want to give him a chance to do that because he was good in 2019, and was the American League starter at uh, shortstop in the All Star game, and with Kirilov, I think that he's definitely major league ready. I think we saw him come into the most stressful environment there is, the playoffs, um, and even with no fans, that's super crazy pressure. And he performed well. He had a hit. He hit another ball well that didn't get down. And I want to see him playing, if not starting, at least on the bench, ready to go on opening day because I think he's ready. Um, All right, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, Thanks for listening to Bomba Breakdown. You can find us on Instagram at bomba underscore breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Mountain Breakdown.